here's the verse that we're going to be looking at. Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. At the start of Acts 9, the church was facing something completely different. It was facing, at the time, Paul leaving Jerusalem to go and persecute the churches. By the end, we have Paul himself actually leaving Jerusalem because he was being persecuted, this time for the sake of Christ. Within the chapter, we read of transformed lives, transforming the state of the church. But also, as I've been reading this passage, I've been just wondering... Um, are there keys here, particularly to how we multiply as churches? I think there are. What are these four characteristics about peace, about being built up, about walking in the fear of the Lord, about walking in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, which will lead to the church multiplying, not just here, but in the whole region and the surrounding regions as well? And I think part of it is because these four characteristics are things that people in this world are desperate for, whether they realize it or not. They are desperate for peace in the turbulent times. They are desperate for someone coming alongside, giving them a community and seeing that community flourish. They're desperate to be able to live under the rule and reign of somebody that's really in charge. And to be in awe and wonder of being able to follow this person. And they're desperate for the encouragement that just doesn't come from occasionally meeting up with people, but from a God who is permanently with us. And if people knew this, These four things were possible for them to be a part of. Church might just well multiply. And that's a heart. And even though we've just been given this passage for a number of us just to come and to share with the churches, I'm just sensing this is something deeper than just, wouldn't it be lovely if we had peace for a while? There's something here that God is wanting to offer the church is to say, here are some characteristics, some keys, that if you would take hold of them, if you would pray into them, if you would let them take hold of you, you'd see the church multiply. Not just hub church, not just community churches connected, but being part of something that God was going to do in the surrounding areas. When we think about peace, One of the things that we think about is the story of Jesus in the boat and a storm. Talk about turbulence, an actual storm. And I wonder as you look at this picture, who do you think you would be in that picture? Would you be the one that's shaking Jesus saying, wake up, don't you realize what's going on? 
Or maybe you'd be the one that's uh, right at the heart just trying to hold on to things. Trying to take things into your own control. Who is it, as you look at this picture, that you think you are? What I love about this story is that Jesus had enough peace to be able to sleep in a storm. But he's also powerful enough to stand up and calm the storm. Just feel that. Jesus had enough peace. He had peace to be able to sleep in a storm. Not be bothered about it. He knew he was going to get to the other side. But he is also powerful enough to calm the storm. That's the one that we are in awe of. This is the one who is over controlling everything, overarching everything that's going on. How do we have peace then? It's, it's interesting that it, the phrase is actually the church had peace. It's true that when you read the story, the persecution had ended, and therefore in that respect, they weren't being persecuted from what we can tell. But I've got no doubt that living in Jerusalem at that time under Roman rule, they still had trouble, but it says that the church had peace. My own journey... Uh, in the last number of years since we've um, met, for, in some cases, is I had to go through a process to find peace. I realized in all that was going on in my home life, in my work life, and in my life in the community, in the church, uh, I was struggling, and it took me a while to realize what it was going on. I, a number of you I know have, uh, are doing the STEPS course But the steps course was just a process or an opportunity to process what's going on. Why do I lack peace within me? And I just joined the course thinking that I just wanted to be aware of how do you apply the keys that Alcoholics Anonymous have learned or the person behind Alcoholics Anonymous had learned to addiction to substance abuse and apply that for people who were addicted to thought patterns that they just couldn't get rid of. And it's all about finding peace with God, finding peace with yourself, to be able to find peace with others. So for some of you, where you are said, I came into a period where I had peace, it will be a case of, I had to go through a process to get free of the things that was causing me a lack of peace, resulting in a lack of peace. And I thoroughly encourage you to chat to one of the people that's doing the course. I think, Andy, you're, you've been doing it as well. Brilliant course. Gives you 12 weeks just to process something. But we also know that, um, and that for me was a bit like peeling an onion, just picking up on your word. Um, but we can also receive peace. It's a blessing that we can give to people. 
Yeah, 1 Peter 1, 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Just in case you didn't get that, 2 Peter 1, 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Just in case you didn't get that. Jude 2. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. I stand here just wanting to bless you. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Receive it. Please receive it. This is not my, my, my ability to give you peace. It's that when you receive this from God, you receive the one who is the Prince of Peace. And all he is as he fills you. Going back to the verse, second part. So, first one, peace. The church had peace. Secondly, the church was being built up, or it was a, a time of strengthening during this period of time. And as I was just thinking about strengthening, I just felt prompted to turn to 2, Peter Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 2, where Paul just said, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There's grace for you in Christ Jesus. Be strengthened by it. But if we think about the grace that's in Christ Jesus, I always go to John 1. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. This word that we're looking at, these phrases that we're looking at, what if these words took on flesh within us and dwelt amongst people? And we have seen his glory. What if the way that the words of Jesus took on flesh and then found its place dwelling amongst people. And people said, wow, there's something glorious in amongst here, in amongst these people. That was people's experience of Jesus. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. If there was ever a time we lived in when the people needed someone to embody something of being full of grace and truth, it's now, isn't it? Whatever circumstance you are facing at the moment, let's go to the national level. Wouldn't we love it if we were being led by people full of grace as well as full of truth. We've got some local elections coming up. Wouldn't it be great? 
we were being led by people full of grace, full of truth. Since I've been looking at this, I've just said to our congregation in Tadley, let's go after this. In all the difficulties, gender, sexuality, um, what we do with refugees, what we do with the economy, everything like that. Whatever the topic is that gives you unrest, causes you a lack of peace. I would love us to be able to embody full of grace, full of truth. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Grace multiplied. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The church was being built up, strengthened. Our church will be strengthened and built up as we become full of grace. And full of truth for all the situations we face. All the situations our friends face. All the situations our community face. God is wanting us to become full of grace and full of truth. And it's going to be a process for us learning it. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We're about to have a king crowned. How does that make you feel? I'd love if our king became full of grace, full of truth. John was on the Isle of Patmos, we read in Revelation, in a whole load of turbulence. He needed to see who was the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what he needed to see. And we as churches need to see afresh the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And to be in awe of him awe and wonder of him Revelation 19.16 says on his robe and on his thigh he was a he has a name written king of kings and lord of lords walking in the fear of of the Lord. Walking in the fear of the Lord. Knowing he is over everything. There's a security in knowing he's over everything. I was reading Isaiah 33. I just want to offer you a prayer and a declaration. Prayer in verse 2. O Lord, be gracious to us 
multiply your grace to us. We wait for you. Be our arm every morning, our salvation in the time of trouble. Just encourage you to pray it. Isaiah 33 verse 2. Lord, be gracious to us. Multiply your grace to us at this time. We wait for you. Be our arm every morning. Be our strength, our salvation in the time of trouble. But also declare this. Verses 5 and 6. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the stability of your times. Abundance of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. Make it your declaration. And may the fear of the Lord be your treasure. That we would walk in it. And it's connected to this next one in terms of the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Because who is the Holy Spirit? Isaiah 11 tells us that the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon Jesus. And this Spirit is a Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, And the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord rested on Jesus. Isn't it interesting? The one who is full of grace and truth. But the comfort of the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit, the one who is holy and the one whose breath, spirit, breath, Jesus breathed upon them and he said, receive my spirit. The one who fills us, the one who fills us as we breathe in, we say fill us afresh. The one who will always therefore be with us. And the one who says he will always encourage us. The one who will always cheer us on. The one who will always give us strength. The one who will always empower us. Then you think this is who people are looking for. This is who people are looking for. They're looking for one who is overarching, in control of everything. That there can be fear in the right way, revere. And the one who is fully present with them, filling us up. During this period of time, one of the um, practices that I found really helpful just to stabilize me during the difficult times is, uh, came from a guy called John Eldridge. If anybody's called El, uh, John, heard of John Eldridge, 
and it's called The Pause. You can download it, it's onto your phone, and it'll just tell you, it'll just lead you through the three things to do. You can do it in a minute, you can do it in three minutes, you can do it five minutes, you can do it ten minutes. Just a guided practice to ground us on a regular time. My alarm goes off at 10 o'clock in the morning, the pause app. And it does three things. First of all, it says, cast all your anxieties on God because he cares. Then he asks us a question. What do you need to give? Then he just leads us in this prayer. I give everything and I give everyone to you. Second thing is having given everything and everyone that comes to mind at this moment in time, whatever is on your, your heart and your mind, is now union with you, Jesus. Reconnect me with you. That I really am connected with you. Make this real. I've just given you everything and everyone. Now I, need, I know I need you. I need this connection. How many sometimes struggle to feel connected to God? There's a great practice just to lead you into that. And then the third thing, having got rid of everything, got connected, now fill me with who you are. Fill me with everything of who you are. Just a really simple uh, practice to do daily pause and I'm just wondering whether it would be good to set our alarms for 9.31 either in the morning or in the evening to remind you of Acts 9.31 just to meditate on this what is it that God wants us to really get hold of these four different things so that the church multiplies. Meditate on it and then pray it. Jesus, may we be those who have your peace. Lord, we receive your peace right now. Holy Spirit, would you show me what it is that I need to be able to be free of. Show me if I need to go through a process of just becoming free so that I've got your peace. Father, we want to be built up, built into you, built together to be part of a community that is thriving, flourishing and Lord help us to walk in the fear of the Lord Spirit of God, you 
came and revealed to John on the Isle of Patmos in the midst of his troubles, his turbulence, what was going on in the world around him. You reveal Jesus to him. Would you reveal Jesus? That we would be so in awe of Jesus and so convinced of Jesus being the King of kings, the Lord of lords, ruling and reigning over everything, making all things good for us, turning everything for good. May Holy Spirit us know you, filling us, encouraging us, comforting us, cheering us on, exhorting us, And Lord, I pray particularly for this church. Would this church multiply? Would this church multiply? Would this church multiply? Amen.